beautiful humans. Welcome back to another episode of the I Like Birds podcast. I'm your host, Zach Rippy, and this podcast is dedicated to the non-believers, the confused believers, and the true believers, because I, at one time or another, was all three, and I'm here to help you get a better understanding of who Jesus is and what he's all about. Let's grow in our faith together. You learn as I learn. I like the Bible, and I like words, so therefore, I like birds. Let's start the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's the first week of February. This is the I Like Birds podcast, and I'm your host, Zach Rippy. I hope you're staying warm where you are. It's probably a little bit chilly because we're in February, and they got the cold storm coming through. We just had Florida had some ice on their windshields, you know, wearing a little long sleeve from Old Navy. We got Texas tomorrow. It's getting super cold. The roads are going to be icy. It's going to be snowing uh, tonight. It's getting down to the 30s, I think, and the 20s, and then the 10s, and then the boom. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really know. My wife keeps me informed on all the weather stuff, but uh, I'm in the RV right now. It's cold outside. Tomorrow's the day. It's snowing, but guys, we we started doing the pod again back from Africa last week in the RV, and this was one of the only last days I was going to get to record for this week, and I wanted to keep that momentum going so you guys can have an episode. We just got the shirts in, which is incredible, guys. Being able to see the shirts finally get here has been awesome awesome seeing people wear um you know armani and uh just to show support in general it's just it's so cool man it really brings a lot of joy to my heart especially seeing thinking uh my friend mallory had her big old pregnant belly in the in in the picture and stuff like that while she was holding the baby and you see armani on her heart you know it's just like dang it was real you know it, it hits different when stuff like that comes through and um, just seeing everybody's pictures that they sent, man, it always brings a real, real big smile to my face and lets me know that it's not about the profits of the shirt. Cause trust me, it's not, the margins aren't great. Okay. <laughs> the margins are not great when it comes to having a design and it's just the time we put into it with the designer, the, the shirt company that actually prints the shirts and then the fulfillment center to ship them out and putting them on the website, paying for the website. Like there's a whole paying PayPal takes a charge. Like everybody gets your money. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy, but it's not about that. What it's about is just like the support it just means the world and getting the show out there, getting Armani's legacy out there even more so. And also, man, uh, we got some, so we sold a bunch of uh green shirt or not green. They're like uh gray blue. Um, those are the ones we sold the most of, of the short sleeve. And I know summer's coming up and I know people are going to want to get some more shirts or they, they finally want to pull the trigger on the shirts because Christmas times, uh, were a little, you know, tight around the penny pension. I get it. So I ordered some, some more, uh, blue shirts. If anybody wants one, just go to, I like birds, I don't know if I got, if I told you guys that we switched the website to, I like birds ministry instead of podcast. Uh, and that's due to our uh, domain name was coming up and we had an opportunity to switch over before they recharge us for the I like birds podcast.com. We switch it to I like birds ministry.com because your boy graduates in six months. And uh, yeah, man, I, this is a ministry. I've, I've really figured that out over the last year and a half. So and I'll speak on more of that in, in the future as well, of course. But um, but yeah, man, the shirts were awesome to see. So thank you so much for everybody that supports them. And even when you get the hat, man, it just goes such a long way because you're wearing the hat that says I like birds. And when you're out in public, if you're at a park, 
if you're at a restaurant, if you're at an event, it really sparks conversations with people, with bystanders, with people that are there, people that are friendly, people that are like curious of what the hat is. And it leads to conversations about the show. And then the show leads to conversations about Jesus. And it's a way to spread the gospel at the same time as supporting the show monetarily wise. And I don't know if I said that right. And at the same time of, uh, you know, supporting the podcast as a whole, you know, and man sometimes you go through like i'll be honest with you guys man i was going through like a little lull because i wasn't seeing the impact of the show for a couple months i wasn't feel i wasn't really getting the messages like we used to get uh and then i had that whole series i did of financial freedom when i don't think that was the path that i, I should have walked on and um i kind of repented for that on the show i deleted most of the episodes i left up the gold and silver one because i truly do believe in that as a uh investing strategy because it's more of a store of wealth thing and it's it's a smart thing long term and it's all all over the bible gold and silver so i left that one up but the other ones about you know bitcoin and um you know business stuff i just kind of took that down because that's not what god called me to do uh, with this podcast so um, we had that season um, and repenting of that and we just had a kind of a rough um, honestly we've had a rough a really rough few months guys um, and just not not only the show but just the faith like the faith you know and the family and um, it's not really rough it's just um, drowning in your circumstances uh, more than you should be instead of like seeing the blessings like all the blessings were still coming it just was coming on the Lord's timing and not our own and uh, that's something it was a learning lesson for me. And um, but I also feel like the um, that vibe and that tone was expressed on the show uh, during that season. You know, I've tried I always try to stay positive with you guys, but I also like feel recently I've been kind of kind of negative and I don't I don't want to be that way. Uh, and I'm trying to like work through that. And this show is a show about positivity. And of course, it's about Jesus and speaking that light and that truth. Um, but I also you know, not only negative and positive, I want us to be prepared for what is to come or what could come, uh, the possibility of what could come down the pipeline in our country and just in the world. And in, in um, as Christians, you know, we're we're different from the world, man. We're aliens here, bro. You know, so we got to really just look at things differently. And we really got to be uh, keen and um, aware of what God is kind of like putting on our hearts and what he wants us to see in our spiritual eyes and our physical eyes. So, with that being said, man, um, the impact of the show, it was feeling like it was in a lull. And the next thing you know, I get a phone call, man. I get somebody that wants to reach out because um, they were listening to the show. They tuned in for the first time, you know, in, a, in forever, I think, you know, and uh, they added me on on Instagram and stuff like that. And I was like, I, I've met this person once, I think. And it was very brief, you know, and um, it's crazy because it was in my comedy days, which is you guys know I've spoken about this. It was it's really hard. It was really hard to, you know, come closer to God and still be a comedian and being in that world and just the persecution I got from fellow comedians, the the the, the jokes that weren't really jokes. They were just mean. Um, and it was just it was very tough um, being a comic and transitioning into being a Christian uh, publicly. Right. So this gentleman reached out and uh he's worked big time in the hollywood scene he's worked with a really super famous comedian guys talking this dude's been in movies and shows and uh he worked with him for years and the guy ended up burning him um and as he told me the story over the phone and of course you know i'm not spilling his business out there like that but at the same time he was just talking really really um really wanted just a brother to talk to a brother in christ to talk to about about life and uh, he listened to a lot of the episodes of the show. He binged them. He binged birds, baby. And uh, he really came around to an understanding of like, man, this is 
this show is different, man. He sent the show to multiple friends of his, uh, prayer warriors. He described them as that that really vibe with the show as well. They he they said uh they, they he gave compliment about being anointed and just having a way of uh, being salt and light and spreading the gospel in a way that's uh, entertaining and not dry. You know, so that was that was really cool, man. It was a really good thing to hear uh, in the midst of me feeling in a bit of a lull. And shout out my boy Mike always calls me when he gets fired up about an episode and he posted on his socials and stuff like that. So uh, this just shows, man, you see the shirts, you see the messages, you see people calling. I got my homegirl Cassandra sending me some um, some powerful stuff recently as well, uh, just kind of motivating me to speak those uh, that authority you know, over our lives and just making sure we're having those affirmations that we know who we are as children of God and we wear uh, the victory everywhere we go, right? So there's going to be another episode that I wrote that she kind of motiva- motivated me to write just by her conversations and stuff like that. Uh, so there's just been a lot happening even with the pod- with the podcast, even when it feels like we're in a lull, you know? Even when we feel like, man, there's not as much people listening, there's not a- as much people sharing the show, you know? It's like, but there are. You just don't you just don't pay attention and see it in, a, in the way that you want to see it. You see it in a way that the world sees it, you know, with like views and this and this and sponsorships and stuff like that. You know, because like I told you guys before, I was really discouraged when we didn't get a sponsorship when we like put out the feeler. I was thinking like, all right, God put it on my heart to like reach out and put it out there, put it out there. And then crickets, you know, uh, people shared it for me and everything. And it was still crickets, you know, so um, it'll come with time. It'll come with, um, you know, just. It'll come. God's timing, you know. Um, And on this show recently, I've been doing more of this where I've been kind of talking about uh, my life in the first 20 minutes. And then we get into the message. And I kind of like that just to kind of keep you guys updated because so much is happening. And and the books that I'm writing are really just living testimonies, you know, and just uh, writing about Christ, but also like telling you about Christ through the lens of like what I've been walking through my own personal encounters with God and uh, I've been struggling to get through like an Old Testament book and I, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm starting school again. So I have five books this semester. So I kind of um, I don't know. I felt kind of like spiritually weak because I couldn't like I didn't have the desire to get through Isaiah, Exodus or Ezekiel. Like, you know, I read halfway through even Jude or uh, not Jude, uh, jo- Job. I read like majority of the book and I just didn't want to finish it because I was just I felt lost. You know, I'm like, man, I, I'm not grasping this Old Testament like I grasped the New Testament. And it's a bummer because your boy's trying to be a pastor. I feel like I need to know the Old Testament. But, you know, I know majority of the stories and I know majority of like the characters and like what what's what's all happened. Uh, but not really. You know, like I don't I don't feel very strong versed in it. You know, New Testament, though, I got you, you know, so uh <laughs> Um, I decided just to not put too much pressure on myself when it comes to reading the Old Testament, especially while in school. Um, it's hard to get deep in a book when you have new books coming every few weeks, you know. So I had a little four week um, break and I was trying to get through an Old Testament book and uh, started reading Isaiah in Africa. And I came back and I just had no more desire to read it anymore. And um, so trying to figure that out, you know, your boy just going through it spiritually still, you know, it's like as much as, you know, me and Olivier joke that we're babies, we're, we're, I think God is ready to give us that meat, like Olivier said on our conversation the other day, and, um, but maybe he's not going to do it in a way that we think we can control it, you know, it's a lot of it, I think is a humbling thing, you know, I've been so humbled in this last season, guys, I've been, I got my butt kicked, you know, and I'm um, trying to, I'm having to figure things out, you know, and I think I needed that, you know, our ego is the most dangerous thing, ego and expectations are the most dangerous things to growing in your faith with God.
And yeah, I talk fast sometimes when I'm kind of updating you guys about life. But, and that's why I like reading <laughs> what I write to you guys in the second half because it is more slowed down. But, but that's just real, man. And I think I'm really understanding the value and the importance and the spiritual command to minister to your family, you know, and like how much that uh, having a family is really glorifying to God because you can really raise your kids up in the, in the Lord. And, you know, as much as I want a, a big ministry or a whole bunch of people to buy the books and, a, and an audience where uh, they can help, you know, financially support my family just by, you know, writing something. And this, that's my dream to be a writer. You know, it's it's inc it's incredible. God's blessed me with um, the opportunity to do so last year with Fiverr. And then this year, um, we'll see what happens, you know, <laughs> but uh, it's God's going to honor those who honor him. So I forgot where I was going with that. Anyway, the most. Yeah. OK, I remembered. Sorry, I got a little off track when I was thinking about, um, you know, when you think about something that's so like, I haven't even thought about that until I just said it. Well, that happened on the podcast and I'm trying to be one take Drake. So sometimes my mind just wanders. So I appreciate y'all bearing with me, but we're getting back to it right now. All right. So, yeah, as much as God wants, you know, as much as I want to have a, you know, a big ministry and stuff like that, it's not about me. And I, I keep I keep having to remind myself that this podcast is not about me. This podcast is not, the books aren't about me. The books are about Christ. And I want to give Christ all the glory because like the way he blew my mind, the way my heart lit on fire, the way I got saved, the way the, the Holy Spirit came and swept me off my feet and just kind of rocked me into a million different directions and my entire eyes changed for the way this life is and the truth came became more clear and the lies became even more clear of what what is happening around us in the world that's when i was like okay this is the real deal and people need to people i need to be a seed for people to find christ you know and i'm going to use the gifts that god gave me to, for people to find christ so it, it starts with the one man it starts with the one guy that gave me the phone call that i've briefly shook hands with at a comedy club one night you know that but happened to see me posting about it on facebook recognize my name gave it a chance and then got touched by the Holy Spirit enough to give me a call and use some some fellowship and some some guidance from a Christian brother. So it's for the one. And we always got to remember that. And especially when you know you yourself out there are are testifying, evangelizing, uh ministering to somebody else, even if it's your own kids or your wife or your or your husband or your brother that doesn't believe in God or your or your mom who's struggling to understand where you're coming from. Or your father who, who's been walking for a while, but, you know, <laughs> all sorts of things. You know, there's, when you have the opportunity to present the gospel to um, somebody that, that loves money more than God, to somebody that um, it believes the, the narratives of the, of the culture, when you're trying to share that truth, we have to remember it's just the one in front of us. It's like, how can we be that one that, that um, can potentially turn them to christ but that's why we have to really work on ourselves and make sure we're walking in the right uh in the right path uh and we have the the mental fortitude and the self-awareness to realize where we're falling short at you know test ourselves against the faith it says that in james test yourselves against the faith like Look at yourself through the eyes of the faith. Where are you going wrong? Where are you slipping? Where are you sinning? Where are you choosing your body over God? Where are you choosing uh, your lust over, over God? Where are you choosing um, drinks, uh, food? Like, I, I've been really thinking about this recently. It's like, man, I, I, I eat too much 
in a way that's satisfying to the flesh, you know, and I'm trying to break that. I'm trying to become more aware of that. I'm putting myself in the eyes of that because I was having a conversation with somebody close to me about, you know, are we are we honoring God with our, our, our do we love God with our mind, our heart and our body and our soul and our strength? Right. So I was thinking about the body one and I was like, man, like I've been slacking lately. I went to Africa. I wasn't working out. I was eating like all these carbs and uh, eating snacks and just being like, you know, sloppy with it. And then I get back and then um, I'm over here excited to eat American foods again. And then I'm like just overindulging in it. And I'm like, what's going on? It's February. It's cold out. Your boy ain't working out as much. And I'm just, you know, I'm not honoring God with my body, you know, and that's a true statement. And, and, um, I think and got a, a health exam for life insurance and it came back as like, um, my blood pressure is high and I have, a like liver enzymes. I don't know what that means, but basically I got to tighten up on liver stuff. So, uh, you know what that means? It means, uh, co- cut off cold Turkey, uh, at least for, uh, <laughs> until I retest. No, I'm just kidding. But even that, so like, you know, seeing that and just being like, man, did I overdo it in my twenties? You know, uh, do I still overdo it? Do I need to chill out chill out you know it's like is that even honoring god you know you can casually say like oh i have a couple drinks you know socially and whatnot you know i don't drink to get drunk you know all that stuff you can you can rationalize all you want but at the end of the day it's like is that honoring to god you know especially when you pop hot on a test like that where you're like oh my my liver enzymes are high i don't even know what that is but that's not good you know and my bmi was high even though they didn't they didn't want to you know look at the biceps though you know that's that's when i was like all right you didn't really look at the biceps though you know you, you're gonna tell me i'm obese when you didn't see the chest pecs you know <laughs> you see why i can uh use humbling yeah exactly um that's his jokes so that's more of a character i do but it's honestly probably a character to uh weed out my insecurities so let's just be real right but yeah, I mean, um, it's pretty great, honestly, uh, the situation that I'm in. Um, I, you know, we can look at it from a from a negative lens or a positive lens, but um, having that freedom to just kind of be yourself and be truthful is a beautiful thing. And I don't, I don't take it lightly, guys. So I appreciate you all letting me be real, real with you guys. Uh, I wish I could be even more real, uh, but I'm not trying to have, uh, you know, my inbox flooded with more stuff. All right, guys. Where are we going to go next with this? All right. You guys ready for the message? I'm ready for the message. Let's get after it, dude. All right. So this is this is incredible, guys. Um, I was, you know, like I said, I was struggling reading the Bible the other day. Uh, and I was like, where do I read, Lord? Like, what do I do? Uh, I want to be in your word, but I don't want to read the books I've already started. So I was like, man, I could go to Psalms, but that's like, that's so safe. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's that's for the devotional nerds, you know? <laughs> devotional nerds oh don't tell anyone i said that but um no <laughs> i say that with a joke but you know what i mean like those are people that like wake up every day read their devotional and then like post about it and then it's like you know i don't know devote you get it right i don't have to explain it do you get it like no like that's good you, you do the devotional I, and i'm not a devotional fan so of course i'm gonna make a joke about it but i've never actually taken the time to do a devotional so i i'm, I'm over here spitting uh spitting jokes when i don't really know the other side uh i know it's it's god's word so it's gonna work and journaling and stuff like it's all it's all good it's just it was just a joke it was just it was, don't cancel me okay um <laughs> dude uh i have to be honest with you guys dude one take drake has been a lot more stressful than i thought it was gonna be because it's like you have to really own it man you can't you can't go back and edit it you know and, and that's why i really respect joe rogan's podcast is because it's just three hours of like 
if he says it, he says it, you know, and like, I like that. I think it, I think there's beauty in that, especially in the world we're living in right now. Um, I, I do think, you know, the, the Lord tells you to, to, um, guard your tongue and don't say anything, you know, like that you're not supposed to, or that you don't want to think before you speak. Um, the, like your tongue is like a rudder to a boat. Like, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And I've even admitted to you guys, I'm not the best at that on this show. Like, and that's why I really like getting to the stuff that I wrote a little bit faster because then I say less that's going to get, you know, looked at as like, oh, he's not a Christian. Oh, he's a fake Christian. You know, it's like, no, I'm trying. I'm trying. I, I, even me, I like repented after I said the joke. Like, oh, that was like insensitive, <laughs> you know, so I'm in real time repenting. So that's that's pretty good. Right. So that's progress. All right. Luckily, this doesn't get and, you know, you could say you want thousands of views, but you don't want thousands of views. Zach Rippey, you don't you don't want a whole bunch of strangers you don't really know in your inbox telling you you said something stupid or unchristlike, right? So let's get into it, guys. I love you. All right, let's go. So this is an awesome episode, man. So like I said, I was struggling to go through the Old Testament, and I was like, all right, let me not go to Proverbs or, or Psalms. That's too easy. Let me just you know read a little bit of um, the gospel that I haven't read a lot of. I've read it, I think, one or two times, but um, I wanted to, like, I've been in John like three or four times. I've been in Matthew, I think three times now uh mark i haven't so much but mark is so concise that i kind of didn't want to go there so i went to luke uh, i think i've read it for sure one time uh for sure read it one time uh i think i read it twice before or i read halfway through it another time so i just opened it back up and just started reading it right uh and it kind of really it kind of hit me like a bag of bricks when i was reading about john the baptist i was like man this dude is like like he gets overlooked and overshadowed because he was just a guy telling people Jesus was coming. Right. And uh, he just obviously Jesus was in that time period where he was just like the goat. So like John the Baptist is like looked at like Scottie Pippen. Right. But low key is like John, John the Baptist, like facilitated Jesus's like whole ministry. Like he was the one that like popped it off. You know what I mean? So um, it's a really cool story. So I really wanted to kind of teach you guys about who John the Baptist is. Uh, while also kind of updating you guys about life. So this is going to be a little bit longer episode just because I have a lot of information for you guys about John the Baptist. And I've also already uh, ranted for 20, 22 minutes about my life and everything that's going on with the show and stuff like that. But I hope you guys enjoy it. All right. Every time the Bible speaks of this person, I get such a strong insight of who God is and how special his timing is. The way God puts things together through people is truly powerful and it makes you understand why the two biggest commandments from Jesus himself is to love God and to love people. Today we're going to be talking about John the Baptist. And when you open the Bible for the first time and you go to the gospel of either John or Luke or Matthew, you may find yourself a bit confused of who this John fellow is. And it took me many reads to fully understand how dope he really is, right? It says in the word of God, he is a prophet of the Most High who has prepared a way for the Lord. He has given people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. And it's true, he has helped guide our feet into the path of peace. He was spiritually strong and did everything in his God-given power to tell the world about the Lord that was here and that was coming to prepare a way. And as the Gospel of John recalls, he was the lone voice in the wilderness as he proclaimed that the coming of the Messiah to a people who desperately needed a Savior. He was the pers- uh, depressed... Uh, he was depressed... <laughs> He was the precursor for the modern day evangelist as he un- unashamedly shared the good news of Jesus Christ when everyone thought he was crazy. He was a man filled with faith, 
and a role model to those of us who wish to share our faith with others. While John was known as the Baptist, he was in fact the first prophet called by God since Malachi some 400 years earlier. My boy Malachi, a.k.a. Malachi. John's coming was foretold over 700 years previously by another prophet by saying, A voice of one calling in the desert prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And that is in the book of Isaiah. So this passage really illustrates that God's uh, God's master plan in action as God selected John to be his special ambassador to proclaim his own coming. And like I said earlier, God's timing is truly special. We learn in Luke about Jesus being placed in Mary's womb, right? We all see it. We go to the Christmas service. We see the story, right? But the power of the Holy Spirit, but we... Um, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we, this happened, right? But we also learn about another miraculous birth in the in the book of Luke. The birth of John, John the Baptist. He was born of elderly parents who had never been able to have children. And these parents are named Zechariah and Elizabeth. Hey, shout out. In, in the scripture, it says that they were uh, both righteous in God's sight and living without blame according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord. So these people were like, yo, talk about holy, right? They were like, they were close to Jesus. You know, they were they're righteous in God's sight, right? Not perfect, but righteous in God's sight. So these folks were definitely some holy peeps. And, you know, that's where I got my name, you know, so I can't I can't not say Zachariah was dope, you know. So the angel that came to Mary and also um, was with Zachariah, angel Gabriel announced to Zachariah, who was a priest at the time, that he would have a son and news that Zachariah received with disbelief. He was he was like, nah, like I'm, I'm old. My wife's womb is uh, non-existent. It's not functioning properly. It doesn't have a motor in it. It's not working like we done tried that. We done. I just watch. I watch reruns and go to bed. She just stays up knitting all night like her womb is done. All right. There's no uh, <laughs> there's no dancing after dark anymore, guys. All right. That's what he's telling. That's what he's telling Gabriel. At least that's the way I interpreted it of what his disbelief was. It just says disbelief, but I kind of ran with it. Right. I, I'm thinking if I was like an old head like that, like, no, nah, like we, we go to Cracker Barrel for breakfast and like we're done. You know, like that's it. We, we, we settled in. We got we got dogs. We got we got goats. <laughs> right. So Gabriel said this about John, even though Zachariah was in disbelief. He said this. He said, John is going to be great in the sight of the Lord. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. It says that in verses 15 and 17. All right. And that he did. And I was drawn even deeper to John the Baptist when I read that he was related to Jesus. Did you guys know that? He was related to Jesus as their mothers were relatives. Gabriel the angel not only told Mary that she would give birth to Jesus, he also told her about John. My boy Gabriel be dropping dropping gems on these people. I want an angel to come to me in the middle of the night and tell me what's good in life. And, and how many kids my, my relatives going to be having or something like that. And one of my favorite passages of scripture is when Luke describes when Mary was carrying Jesus in her womb. She visited Elizabeth, right? And baby John... All right, keep him, all right let's, let's break this down real quick. It's one of my favorite passages. I want to break it down for you. I feel like I'm talking too fast. I want you to, I want you to hear what I have to say. All right? So, the book of Luke 
describes when Mary was carrying Jesus in her room in her womb, she visited Elizabeth, right? And baby John leapt, jumped in his mother's womb for joy at the sound of Mary's voice. Can you imagine a little baby just going boop, jumping with joy in the little bit in the little belly, right? And Elizabeth, as soon as a jump happened, was immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? I must have felt good, right? Mothers, any pregnant moms out there listening? Mal, are you listening to this one? I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. As an adult, John lived a rugged life in the mountainous area of Judah. And between the city of Jerusalem and the Dead Sea is where kind of where he was rocking, right? And uh, a lot of people kind of know this from the little storybooks and stuff like that. But he wore clothes that made that were made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, uh, the typical garb of a, of a prophet that back then. And, you know, since he was out in the wilderness, this dude was over here eating locusts and wild honey. And he lived a simple life as he focused on the kingdom work set before him. And when I said that and when I wrote that, it really just gave me kind of like a epiphany. Like this should just give us the permission and encouragement that we need to live a simple life and to focus on kingdom work. All right. Because all that other stuff is noise. I mean, even you think I don't want to talk about this too much. But if you look at what's going on economically right now with inflation, interest rates about to go up, um, food shortages, all that stuff like that, like. We really done just worked super hard for the last decade for like things just to all fall apart. You know what I mean? It's like they, they closed businesses, you know, like people were on unemployment. People are still not going back to work. There's a whole bunch of things happening right now where it's like our culture is being flipped on on the upside down, really. And I, I like the idea of living a simple life and focusing on kingdom work. I don't know what that looks like yet. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but best believe that's what i'm striving for y'all so when you see some updates about my about the house that we're going to be moving into and you're going to see what we're going to be doing out there you're going to understand these words that i'm speaking all over you right now that your boy zagreb is going to be living a simple life focus on kingdom work all right let's get back to the teachings of john the baptist his ministry grew in numbers People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. They were confessing their sins and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. And to be baptized by John was to admit your sin and repent of it, which was, of course, a great way to be prepared for the Savior's coming. The repentance associated with John's baptism also kept the self-righteous out of the water. And they did not see themselves as sinners. For the self-righteous, John had stern words for. He called the self-righteous a broad of vipers and warning them not to rely on their Jewish lineage for salvation, but to repent and bear fruit in keeping with repentance. People of that day simply did not address leaders, religious or otherwise, in this manner or for fear of punishment. But John's faith made him fearless in the face of opposition. After all, him and Jesus were relatives. And this vivid detail that we just kind of talked about in a really cool voice details that John... By calling the self-righteous a broad of vipers shows just how serious he was about it. And those who thought at the time that they were in God's favor by their own accord shows us, it shows us that morality is not a defining factor in salvation. Meaning you're not going to heaven just because you think you're a good person. Our morality and our righteousness is not defined by us. 
Without God's mercy, we would never make it into eternal life. And God throws people in hell is a tough thing to wrap your head around. I agree. Before you know who God is, it's a, it's a tough thing to open with, for sure, about a loving God. It's, it's, it's not the thing I'd open with. But without justice and consequences for sinning against God, we would have no reason to serve God or even have a God. We would have a soft God if that wasn't the case. We would disrespect God all the time if he had never thrown none of us in hell. His goodness is not defined by our own human reasoning and morality. I mean, just look at the culture now. We got things that are being perceived as as true, as hateful, and things that perceived as wicked, as righteous. It's crazy. Who's to say man can define morality? So when your buddy or your family member hits you with, I'm a good person, I'm going to get to heaven, I'll worry about it at the end of the day. At the end of the, when the lights go out, that's when I'll stand before God and say, I was a good person. Ooh, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to take that chance. I'm not taking that chance. I know what Jesus says. I know what Jesus did for me. I never had nobody in my life do anything for me like Jesus did for me. So if somebody says I'm a good person, I'm going to go to heaven. That's the first red flag for somebody who isn't walking with the Lord or grasping the truths that are the foundation of our faith. And this is why the story of the John the Baptist is so important. Because he taught us this truth and it was the most important truth to discover in knowing who Jesus is in your own life. His message was simple and direct. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Talk about a wordsmith. That's all he needed to say. And he knew that once Jesus appeared on the scene, John's work would be all that finished. He willingly gave up the spotlight to Jesus, despite him having a large crowd. He willingly gave up the spotlight to Jesus, saying, He must become greater, I must become less. That's what he said. And that's what his actions said, too. It wasn't just his words, it was his actions. John the Baptist was the first real pick-up-your-cross daily kind of guy. He surrendered himself completely to pointing all eyes towards Jesus. And that's also what we are called to do as Christians. But do we do this? Do we work towards doing this? Does our sin of self continue to drag us back to our flesh and less to our spirit? Does this show help you get on track with the Lord? I hope and pray it does. I hope you take what you learn here and you take it and you apply it to your faith. And perhaps there is no greater example of humility than what is seen in both Jesus and John in Matthew 3, 13 through 15. Jesus came from Galilee to be baptized by John in the Jordan River, right? And John rightly recognized that the sinless son of God needed no baptism of repentance and that he was certainly not worthy to, to baptize his own savior. So when Jesus got there, John's like, yo, 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 you're sinless. I'm not baptizing you. You don't need to be baptized. But Jesus answered John's concern by requesting baptism. He said, no. You, you shall baptize me. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. He said to fulfill all righteousness. That's what he said. He said to fulfill all righteousness, I'm going to be baptized. Meaning that he was identifying himself with sinners for whom he would ultimately sacrifice himself, therefore securing all righteousness for them. And it says that in 2 Corinthians 5.21 if you want to go fact check that. In humility, John obeyed and cons consented to baptize Jesus. As Jesus came up out of the water, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. Hey, a bird. Shout out birds. Descending like a dove and um, 
and alighting on him, right? So people ask me like why I call the show I Like Birds. There's a lot of reasons, but that's one of them. Because when I read that the first time, it hit me like a bag of bricks. And I was like, oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit is a bird. <laughs> right? You know, it's crazy. And uh, yeah, I think I think people kind of uh, register that now. You know, it's like it's really cool to see people like, you know, when they talk about God, they got the dove up there. Uh, and I'm not saying I, I, I'm... I made it up by any accord. It just gave me a reason to call the show. I like birds. All right. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah. And most of you guys know this, but I'll say this as well. And a voice from heaven uh, after the dove came down, he said, this is my son whom I love with all I am well pleased. And so not only was John a real one in the wilderness, he was a real one even when they threw him in prison. All right. So that was the first part of John the Baptist. Let's get to the second part because this is even cooler. All right. Not maybe not cooler, but also shows just how real John the Baptist was, right? So King Herod, the one that tried to kill baby Jesus, did some sketchy stuff and had married the former wife of his brother Philip. Yeah, living in sin for sure. John the Baptist boldly spoke out against this marriage, much to the dislike of Herodias, which is Herod's new wife. Isn't that weird? It's like you going that's like me marrying a girl named Zacharias. <laughs> Herod married a girl named Herodias. Like what are you doing, Herod? Oh, man. But uh, so keep this woman's name in mind. I don't think you ever forget it now that I kind of laid that out for you, that little joke out for you. But while John was in prison, he heard of all the things that Jesus was doing. Right. And in what seems to be kind of like a moment of doubt, John sent his disciples to Jesus to ask if he was truly the Messiah. And Jesus responded by telling the men to tell John what they saw and heard, which were the prophecies were being fulfilled. And Jesus never rebuked John for having this like concern or this doubt or just kind of like, yo, why are you following up with me? Like I'm out here doing what I'm doing. Right. But Jesus, Jesus uh, gave evidence instead that he was he was the promised Messiah. And um, you can find the evidence in Matthew 11, uh, two verses two through six and Luke 7, 18 through 23. I don't really want to read it all, but I'll kind of give you a little rundown, right? Jesus then spoke to the crowd about John in the future, right? And he was, um, he saying, he said that he was the, the prophesied messenger who was coming before the Messiah, right? He was kind of like, that was God's plan for John the Baptist was to just boom, you know, let the world know about, about Jesus, right? And Jesus also said this, which is really cool because it really puts into perspective just how dope John the Baptist really was, right? He says, truly, I tell you, among those born of woman, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than me. So it just reminds us, it tells us that John surrendered himself for the glory of Jesus, which reminds us to live this way every day. Even if we're in prison, even if we're in a bad situation, even if we're in midst of chaos or or fear or, or anything, worry, stress, give glory to God. Jesus deserves all the glory yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Can I get an amen? Hawk your horn. Do something crazy. Pull down your lawnmower. Pull down your garage door. Slam some weights on the ground if you're in the gym. Do something crazy. Let's go. Amen. Let's go. Come on. John the Baptist's ministry, as well as his life, came to an abrupt end at the hand of King Herod. Herod. I don't know why I always say Herod. It sounds, sounds cooler. King Herod. In an act of unspeakable vengeance, Herodias, his little brother's ex-wife, plotted with her daughter to have John killed. Herodias' daughter danced for Herod, which is even weirder, and his dinner guest one night, and Herod was so pleased 
that he said to her, <laughs> this this kind of comes off differently when I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> it's sometimes I got to read the word out loud. It's different. He said, uh, oh my gosh, this is weird. Right, let me run it back just so we can get back on topic here. All right, Her- <laughs> Herodias' daughter danced for Herod and his dinner guest one night, and Herod was so pleased that he said to her, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's funny yo share this one this is a good one alright so the girl con- <laughs> the girl consulted with her mother before she answered that she wanted the head of John the Baptist on a platter like what is what a like witchcrafty family yo like think about this this family's wicked as can- this is like the Kardashians and the um <laughs> what's the um the Merkels uh Meghan Merkel uh, that family, the the royals, no, I'm playing. I don't, I don't know them personally. Prince Harry, though, that that dude was on Epstein's island. I'll say that out loud. All right, Herod. <laughs> this is a great one. I uh, love being real with you guys. Uh, this is probably why we don't have thousands of views, though. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people probably tune out by now, right? All right, Herod. Um, Herod had been afraid of John, right? He was he. Knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, he was afraid of him, and and he was so loath to kill the prophet. But he had promised to give the dancing girl whatever she asked. Like she was like, he was like, I don't want to kill him because he's righteous, and I'm not trying to like like he kind like low key he like feared God, which is like interesting because we're taught to fear God, but also Herod didn't fear him enough to like turn from his wicked ways, which is interesting low teaching in, in in regard to that too, right? It's almost like sacrificing your eternal life for the pleasures of this one, which I think a lot of that happens. Um, in our culture, especially when it comes to like fa- like famous people and stuff like that, they I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I think you can pick up on what I'm putting down. But since John was already in prison, it was a simple thing to send the executor to behead John, which is exactly what happened. It was a sad and and and, and tragic end to the life of such a faithful man. But it just also shows, like, bro, like every one of the dis- I think every one of the disciples of Jesus was uh was uh persecuted like killed for their faith and a lot of them were like crucified upside down a lot of them were stoned and then now john the baptist got his head cut off you know what i mean so it's like it just shows how real like things were when it came to us being saved you know what i mean like if you if you guys thought about that before like the power of the gospel is so crazy and just like the things that people did to spread it for the glory of Christ, you know, and, you know, one, I think it's one out of seven billion people believe one out of seven people believe in Jesus, or it might be even more than that now. I think it's coming close to two. And, uh, you know, we got house Christians in China now. We got house Christians in Iraq, Afghanistan. Uh, the movement is spreading, man. China's the, the fastest growing church on record right now and uh it's just this is beautiful to see man uh the gospel's still moving uh spiritually i think i was thinking about this the other day man that uh the spiritual eyes have opened over these last two years uh being that everything's gone on you know uh, as, as much as you know it's a bummer about covid and lives lost and uh jobs lost and everything else has been going down um in the pandemic um it's still opened a lot of people's spiritual eyes which i think is a is going to be beneficial going forward and it's just we're really going to separate from like you know uh raising men of god like we're gonna we have that chance now as you know you guys you guys are my demographic for the most part you know we're in our 20s 30s got some older folks that listen to this but at the same time we have such a powerful opportunity to raise children as believers in god in a way that is so counterculture that it's just going to make things so interesting 
in the lives that we live going forward. And uh, I, I encourage you, man, just to lean into it. Have some fun with it. You know, like open your eyes, you know, like enjoy the moment because things are intense. And I'm glad COVID happened, man. I'm glad um, in a regard, you know, I'm glad I, I, I'm glad Jesus happened, really, because that during the COVID thing, that's when I opened my eyes to Christ. And uh, so I'm not going to discount um, that. And yeah, so I'm grateful. COVID changed everything for me, it changed my perspective on everything. It, it changed my goals, my dreams. God, God really just worked on me in that season. So and I, I believe he worked on a lot of people that listen to this show in that season, too. But now we got truckers protesting in Canada, baby. Look at us now. Okay, so there are several lessons that we can learn from the life of John the Baptist. And one lesson is that the that, that wholeheartedly believing in Jesus Christ is a possibility. And John knew that the Messiah was coming. He believed this with his whole heart and he spent his days preparing the way for the Lord's coming. But the road was not an easy one to prepare. Daily, he faced doubters who did not share his enthusiasm for the coming Messiah. Under hard questioning from the Pharisees, John shared his belief. I baptize with water, and among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of those whose sandals I am not worthy enough to tie. John believed in the Christ, and his great faith kept him in steadfast on his course until the time when he could say he saw Jesus approach. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As believers, we can all have this steadfast faith. Can I get an amen? While it's hard to know for sure what John was feeling as he sat in prison, he did certainly seem to have doubts. But John sent a message out to Jesus in an effort to find the truth. As Christians, we all will have our faith put to the test. Just the other day, I personally was in a conversation with somebody that I really want to turn to the Lord. We, I was basically, you know, fighting... Um, fighting questions with the truth of the Lord. And I was just, I was leaning into it. I was defending the faith in a way that was very powerful. And I loved doing it. It was something that got me so hyped when I got off the phone. And it's not like the person on the phone confessed and repented and turned to the Lord. But at the same time, I know the seeds were planted. And we will either falter in our faith or like John, we will cling to Christ, seek truth and stand firm in our faith to the end when we're put up to that test. And I ask you, if you were put up to the test, if somebody started questioning your beliefs, what would you say? Would you know how to defend yourself? Would you know how to defend what you believe in? Would you know how to use the word of God as a way, as a resource, as a sword to truth, to being able to back up your stance? Is it your words or is it his word that's coming out of your mouth when defending the faith? John's life is an example to us of the seriousness with which we are to approach the Christian life and our call to ministry, whatever that may be. And just because I have a podcast and I'm writing books and I'm in ministry school, we're all pastors. We are all supposed to be missionaries and commanding, um, or excuse me, and, and committing to spreading the gospel and and like the Great Commission says, go out there and make disciples, right? So John lived his life to introduce others to Jesus Christ, and he has focused on the mission that God had given him. And that's kind of our mission, too. John was the first, John the Baptist was for real the first one to show us how to live the Christian life. If you really, really, really think about it, which is crazy. Huh. And John also knew the importance of repenting of one's sin in order to live a holy and a righteous life, which is what we need to do when we turn to God in our moment of salvation and we're accepting Christ into our heart as lordship, not just first in our life, but to be center in our life of everything that we do. It revolves around him. We make our decisions based on what we know uh, his word to be as true. So with that being said, we have to ask ourselves, you know, have we, have we had this moment of, of, of repentance? Have we had this moment of of realizing that we aren't righteous, we aren't good people, we are sinners, we're natural born sinners. 
And as a servant of God, John was also unafraid of speaking truth. Are you speaking truth? Are we speaking truth? Even when it meant calling out people such as Herod and the Pharisees for their sinful behavior. Am I saying, you know, go on, you know, national television and, and you know, uh, blast somebody that's in your in your family for their sin? No, I ain't saying all that. You know, but at the same time, like speak that truth in a way that, you know, and I'm not saying be judgy. You know, there's a big, 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 big difference of uh, being judgmental. Uh, when you have a log in your own eye, as it says, and it, there's a big difference between speaking that truth. And you, it's a fine line, but you gotta, you gotta know how to walk it. You gotta learn how to walk it, and ask God to show you how to walk it. You know, so John was entrusted with a unique ministry. Yet we too are called upon to share the truth of Jesus with others. It says it in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, John 13, First Peter, Second Corinthians. We can follow John's example of faithful and obedient trust in God as we live and proclaim his truth in whatever life circumstances God has given us. So even in this, all right, that was the end of it, but I'm going to touch on this. Even in the, in the midst of our chaos, in the midst of our circumstances and our storms, we could still share the goodness of God. You know, even though I was talking to you guys earlier about how I felt like the season, the show was in a lull in that season. It's just because I wasn't being as positive and I was more. It was no. And now that I think about it, it was just me going through life and just sharing it with you guys. And that's real. You know, if I can't, if I can't go through the storms with you guys, I'm not just going to go through the smooth sailing with you guys. You know, it has to be both. And I think y'all are cool with that. Nobody's made me feel, you know, crappy about, you know, the, the episodes and stuff like that that I was putting out. Um, definitely the financial freedom ones I feel like were uh, not the best decision. But I was trying to figure it out. Just moved back to Texas. Was um, putting down some roots, trying to figure out what's next for the show. I thought it'd be a good way to get some new listeners in and, you know, connect them to Jesus. Because I was still doing my Jesus episodes as well. Uh, but it, it, didn't, it, didn't, it got me off, off the, the path a little bit too much, which is not good. But at the same time, learning lesson, baby, you know, like we need to be learning stuff in our lives. We can't just be going through it, you know, being entertained and distracted all the time and well fed and our, our belly's full. So thing, things are fine. You know, it's like, man, there's this there's a there's a journey that we're on with Christ, man. And I encourage you guys to stay on that journey with Jesus, man, because this, things are only going to get uh, choppier as life progresses. But if we have our faith, uh, he will sustain us. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please share it with a friend. Uh, if you want to get a shirt that you haven't got yet, please go to ilikebirdsministry.com. we got a couple blue ones left, and we also have season one shirts. Those are actually on sale for $20. Uh, i got a bunch of them still left in my car. I would love for you to get one. Please get the season one shirts if you can. We also have a couple of hats uh, for you to choose from on there as well. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can always do so on the website as well, ilikeministry.com. <laughs> I like ministry. I like birdsministry.com. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. Hope this episode uh, did you some good today. And I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your February. Much love to you guys. As always, thank you for tuning into the show.